Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with me, Delia Delore, the podcast where we dissect popular mottos, mantras and metaphors, chasing their origins and finding how they translate to everyday life. Each week we have a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression. How have you been this week? Well, I've been reflecting on achievements, things that I've said that I would do and I haven't done and why am I thinking of that? Um, I think it's because we're getting towards the end of the year and also because of today's metaphor which has made me look at not just the areas that I procrastinated in but the areas where I did go ahead and I did things but I made mistakes. That's why I've been reflecting. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself if you made a mistake how you could have avoided it? I know I have. But have you thought that these mistakes were the foundation of your achievement? Well, that's what we'll be discussing today with our guest, Tony Seeley. He's been involved in creative arts for a few decades now, and he chose this week's metaphor. And it was great to catch up with him because I've known him for decades, but we haven't seen each other for decades too. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Let's dive in. Success has always had its ups and downs. No one person has ever made it to the top without some mistakes along the way. Most people don't reach their dream, not because of failure. Most people don't live their dream because they give up. You see, it's not the failure that stops us, but that most stop at their first failure. Those who succeed don't stop at one failure. They don't stop at 10 failures. They don't stop at a hundred, one thousand, or a million. They say, this is my goal, and I will do whatever it takes to achieve it. I will learn the lessons from any failures. I will learn faster. I will work harder. I will work smarter. And I will not quit until my dream is a reality. Failure is something everyone has been accustomed to. It is what you do with that failure that determines what you do next and how you succeed. Failure is feedback, but if your team is afraid to fail, they're actually going to fail more often. If you've got a culture on your team where people aren't willing to admit their failures, it also means they're not willing to share the lessons they've learned from those failures. Instead, they're going to hide them or shift blame to someone else. But if they share those lessons, then your team is going to grow. Don't be afraid of feedback. Don't be afraid of failure. You will fail a whole lot less often if you're willing to embrace and learn from your and your team's failure. Think of any music or story. There is always the fall before the finale. Whether that be in romance, a career or friendships, there is always a conflict where everything goes wrong. Think Danny in Greece pushing Sandy too far that it leads to them breaking up. Or Katniss's actions in Catching Fire leads to a man in District 11 being killed in front of her. In the latter case, it may not have been Katniss's fault, Her words started a rebellion, so she has to be careful to keep people safe. Eventually, though, she realizes no matter what she does, people will be hurt, because this is what the capital does. So despite the mistakes and failures that will follow, she leads the rebellion to take down Snow and the oppressive regime in hopes of a better world. I just wanted to say that I didn't know Thresh. I only spoke to him once. He could have killed me, but instead he showed me mercy. 
That's a debt I'll never be able to repay. I did know Rue. She wasn't just my ally, she was my friend. I see her in the flowers that grow in the meadow by my house. I hear her in a Mockingjay song. I see her in my sister Prim. She was too young, too gentle. And I couldn't save her. I'm sorry. In the real world, however, this phrase of mistakes are the foundation of achievement is used often to help people continue to pursue their passions or a happy life. If you give up at the first hurdle, well, you aren't going to make it far in life. Everything has hurdles. It's how you overcome it. That's the most important thing. Our scriptwriter, Francesca McMahon, had an experience recently of dealing with adversity and overcoming it with the release of her debut novel. She discovered that the incorrect manuscript had been published and in a rush with less than nine hours to correct it before she was out of time. She was on the phone with her formatter and seeking out answers from the publishers. It was a high stress and high tension situation with a lot to lose. Thankfully, by pushing through this hurdle and soaring over it by not letting the mistake overwhelm her, she was able to have a successful debut release. Congratulations to you, Francesca. From the mistakes she experienced here, she will be taking what she has learned forward and applying them to her future work. There's always something that can be learned from mistakes, whether it be, in the case of Francesca, remembering to always double-check which files have been chosen for publishing, or simple things such as making sure your shoelace is tied before a school race. Mistakes are the foundation of achievement. Without having them and learning from them, we will never get better at what we do. Nobody's perfect. Nobody can be perfect. Perfection, if you think of it, is just stagnation. If you aren't learning and growing, are you actually good at what you're doing? about personal experiences. You know, there's always a song that makes you relive a moment. It can be a happy one or a sad one. And I remember hearing a song that made me realize how stupid I had been in love. And although I didn't hear it during that troublesome period, I heard the words properly later and it sealed the way I entered other relationships. And it really did ensure that I did not make the same mistakes again. And in doing that, I achieved the best relationship patterns when I met the man who would become my husband. The song was I'd Rather Go Blind by Etta Jones. And here it is.
Something told me it was over, babe. When I saw you and that girl talking, babe, something deep down in my soul said, go on and cry, girl. When I saw you and that same girl walking by and I would rather I would rather be a blind girl babe than to see you walk away walk away from me babe Cause you see, I love you so much. I don't want to watch you leave me, babe. And another thing is, I just don't want to be free, no, babe. Ah, oh, no. Now listen. I held to my lips 
I was looking in the glass and I saw the reflection of the tears rolling down my face. Watch you leave me. I can't stand to see you go. Whoa, babe. I'd rather be a blind girl. Time for our guest interview. Tony Seeley is an arts practitioner, facilitator, and creative producer who makes work designed to engage the public in issues that are important for social change. Inspired by creative arts and design thinking, he works collaboratively with communities, artists, organizations, and institutions to design projects, programs, and art experiences in the public realm. Tony, thank you for being a guest with us on Metaphorically Speaking. It has been a while since we've spoken, and so I'm quite excited to catch up with you and uh, find out, of course, what our metaphor means to you. Now, the metaphor we're going to be talking about is mistakes are the foundation of achievement. What does that mean to you? Mistakes are the foundation of achievement. I think 
that means to me that's how we grow and develop because there's not one person who hasn't made a mistake in order to learn what to do the next time better or improve. So for me personally, I think it's something that kind of connects to me personally in my life, in my relationship with my loved ones and friends as well. And in my work life, you know, it's something that I've had to and continue to do in order to grow and develop, gain insight and pursue this journey that I'm on. Now, you've mentioned your personal life, but throughout your career and your professional life, you have been known to contribute to the community in many ways. Would you say that you have assisted people to acknowledge that mistakes are the foundation of achievement? Uh, yeah, not not so much in, a, in those kinds of words, but definitely in the work that I do, yes, I would say absolutely. Because often when you're working within um, the creative arts, and, and I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to this, but working within the creative, creative arts, there isn't almost like a, a map of success. You have to go through a whole range of dimensions in order to achieve your own satisfaction and outcome. So for me personally, working in the creative arts, it's a way where people make something, do something, and then you can look at that of what you've done and, and then try to think about how do I improve that? How do I make that better? So think about it in terms of a simple performance. One rehearses and through the rehearsal, they learn where they should be directing their energy or their focus on to improve their performance. So for me, it's absolutely crucial that, you know, we learn through the mistakes that we, we've done. I definitely strongly relate to that. Now, you speak about working in the creative arts. Can you be a bit more specific over the years, what you've been doing? Well, I don't think we've got enough time on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, essentially, I've, I've spent nearly three decades uh, working using drama and theatre to create projects and programmes that look at some kind of social change. And within that social change, fundamentally, individuals and communities are building up um, skills around togetherness, self-confidence, um, motivation, goal setting, things like that, but also mainly problem solving, dealing with their own personal issues, lack of jobs, relationships breakdown, offending behavior, um, keeping relationships, whatever it may be. I've, I've used the arts, drama and theater kind of tools to explore what the problem is and how they can find other alternative interventions that will help them in the pursuit of their life and to do that you know they have made mistakes and in order to pursue that line of doing better one has to be open to failure dealing with challenges dealing with obstacles so that's kind of what I do and then the other part of what I do often is working with communities to make performances that are about these important issues that affect people's lives so for example I might be working with a group of people on a housing estate to create a performance that talks about the conditions of living here it might be working in a school and getting the stakeholders around the school the teachers the governors parents to come together to make changes within the school that's again done through a 
performance or the performances about working with black men that I'm currently doing, looking at mental health and suicide and what is it that we can do to change the procedures or the, the policy or ideally the law around mental health. But starting off with the existing services that are available to people, how can we change that to make it better for black men to in order to get a better service around mental health and well-being. I think that's a very important area because, as we know, worldwide, a lot of mistakes have been made in that area. And if the relevant people or the people who, the policymakers, the decision makers, if they are confronted with the facts, things can get better, but they can only do that if their foundation is steady, um, it's firm. And the foundation, of course, means that they have to start from, you know, from the beginning, from grassroots, depending on the community that you're, you're looking at, in order for them to achieve. So I see the metaphor, mistakes are the foundation of achievement, really glaring loudly from what you've just said. But I also think that when we hear this metaphor, which isn't necessarily a very common one, but like most metaphors, when you hear it, you just get it, you know, you just get what it's trying to say to you. But unfortunately, I find that a lot of people ignore their mistakes. They just keep on doing the same thing over and over again, because that is their kind of foundation. And when I say that is their foundation, I mean, whatever it is that they were doing, that's what they're used to. That's how they began. So they just keep on doing the same thing. And in that way, they're creating a negative foundation, which will halt their achievement. Yes. And it also stifles the cycle of change, because when you keep on going back to that comfortable default that satisfies you, that you feel that this is where I need to kind of go or be in, there isn't any growth for learning and discovery. It's only when people take the risks of wanting or leaning into being vulnerable, then we can begin to learn from those experiences. And often those experiences aren't are often positive, but it's where the learning comes from. And we've got to take those learning experiences of making these mistakes into positive. You know, it aims to produce a positive response. Mistakes are the foundation of achievement. But can you see where it could be a scary one? Well, of course. Um, I mean, uh, for me, um, I suppose when I look at for my life, um, my change, one of the changes that I want to make is around weight management. And weight management has been something that I've paid attention pretty much in the last sort of 20 years of my life. But I can't seem to break the cycle. I do struggle of, you know, pigging out on chocolate biscuits late at <laughs> night. <came> club. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, by the morning, I feel really awful. I go, oh, my God, I feel awful. Why did I eat so much of those chocolate biscuits? And it makes me feel yucky in the morning. And then I say to myself, right, because of this experience of feeling yucky and I don't want to be like this it gives me determination and motivation to not do it but then you know emotionally I'm caught up in another situation in another night or another week later where the same thing happens and I can't seem to break that cycle and it is quite scary for me in order to kind of know that if I completely break it and break free 
I kind of think, well, what I, I'll be missing those chocolate biscuits and I do like them because they're a comfort. And, you know, so for me, I think it is a bit scary to kind of brave myself into a new dimension that I'm unfamiliar with, that I don't know what the outcome is and the uncertainty lingers around. I don't sometimes don't want to go down that road. But, you know, a lot of that is a habit, isn't it? It's a habit. And if we look at, we've always been encouraged to form routines, a routine of how we do our day and that way we will achieve something. And so, again, when I look at the metaphor, it it makes me look at, is that would, would that be a right thing to stick into a routine? Because if we stick into a routine, it means that things are going to be staying the same way. So we perhaps won't achieve what we want to if we don't stop and study our routine and analyze it to ensure that we are making an achievement. We are going somewhere with it. And I say all of this because of your description about how you're using chocolate and chocolate biscuits. But most of us are. We, we have that thing, you know, that we crave for that makes us comfortable and we just do it and then we regret it. So it's like a record, like a stuck record that we know it's good for us. Um, it's good for us to not have, you know, too much of these things, but because it's comfortable, it makes us feel good. Yes, is it a mistake? Maybe, maybe it's a mistake, but maybe part of our routine. But if we look at that as the chocolate as being the metaphor of the mistake and the foundation looking at, well, it's kind of what we what we normally use. It's the it's the basis of us having some form of enjoyment. How can we achieve anything by it if we don't have a routine that we analyze? I know I've gone around it in a kind of funny way, but do you see where I'm coming from? I think I do. I think you know the routine is something that I think is definitely useful and beneficial that we have in our lives. For me, my routine five days a week. I try to relax at the weekend. Five days a week, I go running in the mornings for about 40 minutes. That's standard routine. It's what's on the first thing on my mind as I get up. And I stick to that routine. However, there's times when I have to break that routine. You know, I listen to my body, analyze what's going on. Oh, I don't feel so well. So I don't go. I won't force myself. So the routines are definitely there. Now, I think they're definitely there for that structure to kind of keep us in, in check. But you're right. I think there's something about tuning in and analysing those routines because I don't think routines are meant to be rigid and, you know, always stay the same. I think we need to look at how those routines can be changed for the benefit of yourself. So, for example, for me, the routine of going running is a, is a, is a daily thing. I do Monday to Friday. I have done it at the weekends. I've done seven days a week because I felt better, felt good. But that means I've not gone, oh, it's the weekend, I'm having it off. I will also continue to run at the weekend because it's a feeling that I've got from tuning in and analyzing myself in that current state. So I've broken out of my routine to then do something different. And even if I break the routine of not running, then, you know, I think in the moment I can really feel disappointed or sad about it. But then in the out, at the end of the day, I think if I haven't been running for three or four days or so because I'm away or whatever, I don't want to beat myself up too much. You, you know, it's important not to go down that road too heavily. I think life is a balance. I think it's about your intention is always about improving and doing better. And sometimes, you know, 
if that's the road that we want to walk on and should we walk on, great. But we know that road is not often straight and narrow. So the intention is always there. I always just say, look, life is a balance. You know, if I do my exercises, I do my healthy eating, perhaps that equals me having chocolate biscuits and it's okay. Well, Tony, keep on having your chocolate biscuits because they uh, comfort you, because you run them off, don't you? A lot of us don't do that. But thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on our metaphor, Mistakes Are the Foundation of Achievement. Delia, it's been a pleasure talking to you and you look after yourself. And thank you and all the team for putting this show together. Thank you. In the first half of this episode, we dived into the personal and fictional sides of how mistakes can help lead you to be successful in your achievements. Now we'll look at it from an outsider's perspective. You are too concerned with what was and what will be. There's a saying, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. The best players learn from their mistakes and cope with failure as well as success. Basketball player Paul Gasol says, the quote continues, that's what separates the leader on the court from the pack. And if you fail, you need to learn from your mistakes. Making mistakes is part of the learning process. Suffering defeat should serve as a lesson to keep going to work at being even better than before. This quote is the foundation of what the metaphor we are discussing today is all about. Making mistakes is part of the learning process. Without making them, and even believing you don't make mistakes, will lead you to faltering at the hurdle. Making mistakes is part of being human. No one person is perfect. If you are made to believe you are, such as child prodigies, when you come up against a hurdle that you are not accustomed to, it'll feel like the hardest possible thing. A new phenomena has been discussed in recent years known as gifted kid burnout. Shelby Talbot in the Queen's Journal notes that, and I quote, social media posts discuss the social emotional difficulties, including anxiety, depression, and harmful perfectionism that gifted kids experience. These are common themes among gifted kid burnout posts, as well as feelings of constantly underachieving, difficulty sleeping, and issues with time management and procrastination. End of quote. Gifted kid programs have been considered damaging in recent years, not only due to what was previously mentioned, but also for imposing an exhausting culture of academic competition. Many shows and movies are covering such things as this, including The Queen's Gambit, where a young girl becomes addicted to substances which feed into her need for perfection in her chess skills. Even the comedy film Booksmart addresses two young, soon-to-be graduating women who experienced no joy in school as they were focused on studying, only to find that even those who slacked off and partied all the time still got into really good universities. There is a sense of pride that is put onto those who seemingly are perfect and don't fail that can be in itself damaging. If they fail, a sense of shame can follow, which can lead to a downfall for the one who has had many expectations placed on them. Feeling shame for failure is not helpful. 
but it is something many experience, especially those considered gifted. You must let go of your feelings of shame if you want your anger to go away. But I don't feel any shame at all. I'm as proud as ever. Prince Zuko, pride is not the opposite of shame, but its source. True humility is the only antidote to shame. Mistakes are the foundation of achievement. This is something society is coming to learn more and more. Unfortunately, with the rise of social media and the discourse around it, it has led to society falling back into the thought that if you make a mistake, that is all you are. While there are some cases where this is correct, it is learning from these mistakes which is important. If one does not learn from the errors and failings that they have made, then yes, they have not grown as a person. But you have to cultivate a place where there is space for people to fail and grow. Cancel culture, while often not truly working in the case of celebrities, can lead to an inability for people to grow from these mistakes due to a fear of failing again. We as a society do care for others, though it may not often appear as such. We care that this world of ours can be better. We can just often be afraid to fail in the journey of getting there. But it is that fear that is important, as long as you don't allow it to overwhelm you. Be afraid of failing. Be afraid of not reaching your goal. But don't be afraid to try. It is this feeling. It is this care of what you can and what you can't do that will get you to that stage. Mistakes are the foundation of achievement. The fear is just part of that journey. You gotta care. Because if you don't care, guess what? It ain't gonna happen. If you don't care, guess what? You ain't gonna grind. If you don't care, guess what? You gonna quit when it's getting tough. If you don't care, you gonna throw in the town. If you ever felt afraid of making mistakes and wondering if in doing so, you won't be able to achieve what you've always wanted, then don't worry. No one has ever gotten to where they are without hiccups along the way. Whether it be Einstein spending 10 years in his attempt to develop the theory of relativity, or Kitty Wells being the queen of country with only two number one songs in her two-decade run in a time when women weren't country stars, you can achieve anything you want. You just make mistakes in the lead up to it, and that's okay. really enjoyed this episode of metaphorically speaking and thank you tony seeley for speaking with me today don't forget if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show you can reach me at colorful.com slash shows slash delia and use the contact tab or email info at metaphorically speaking.uk and we'd love you to share the show with your friends or leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify and all major streaming platforms. We depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. Join us for another metaphor next week. Until then, I'm going to leave you with this wonderful song, which has been in my head since I heard we were doing this metaphor. And of course, it's you can get it if you really want. And the song was famously used in the 1972 film The Harder They Come by Jimmy Cliff, of course. But also Desmond Decker had a version and both versions. I really don't know which one I prefer. What about you?
Desmond Decker version. See that light. 